0: We saw your B Good Baker running by again the other day. Says I to old Mister Brennan. Ah yes, says he. I've never seen her stand still, and she's running rings around the rest of us with our Brennan's B Good bread. Only sixty calories a slice. Sixty calories, says I. That's just a whole meal, is it? No, says he. It's the whole meal, the whole grain, and the waste. Sixty calories a slice, and high in fibre, whatever way you slice it slices. That's why anything baked is better with Brennan's today's bread today. Hey there, enjoying the episode? Pretty good, right? Before we get back to it, how about a quick break to share your thoughts and win big. You could bag yourself a 500 euro one for all voucher. Ready to enter? Head to mypodcastfeedback.com, pop in the code INDO and fill out the short survey. Too gross right now? No problem. You can also find the survey link in the show notes. Go on, make your opinion heard and good luck. If you like the Indo-Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Today on the Indo-Daily, from Tricky Dicky to JFK, why do US presidents keep coming back to the Emerald Isle? Oh, B'gara and Begosh, we have had so many US presidents visit our island over the decades.
0: And as the presidential car comes right up almost alongside us with President Kennedy acknowledging the cheers, we leave the crowd... To the state of Lynn. Yes, we can. So I must say that uh, though other days may not be so bright as we look towards the future, that the brightest days will continue to be those in which we visited you here in Ireland.
1: And while some have gone down extremely well, others haven't.
0: George Bush said, thank you. Thank you for our help to Bertie Ahern." How
1: dare he do that? Bertie Ahern did not do it in the name of the Irish people. But we are obviously in the coalition of the willing. George Bush has stated that publicly. I'm Siobhan McGuire, and as Ireland welcomes the 46th President Joe Biden this week, I'm joined by political correspondent John Downing to take a look back at previous presidential visits. And some of the protests that went along with them, too. John, here we are this week now with our little American flag standing on the side of the road, welcoming Joe Biden to our country. This is not the first time a US president has visited. What is the reason for so many loving Ireland?
0: It's Ireland's reach. It's the diaspora it's it's our influence internationally that plays that attracts a lot of celebrities, but particularly American, and the American link goes way way back. Uh, it goes goes back to. Uh, pre-famine days, very heavily to the famine days, the millions and millions who have gone there and various waves of immigration, right up to the 80s and 90s and even more recently.
1: Now, I know some of us Irish Americans tend to get carried away with our ancestral past and want very much to impress our relatives here with how well we've done in the new world. Many of us aren't back in Ireland five minutes before... As the American
0: song has it, we're looking to shake the hand of Uncle Mike and kiss the girl we used to swing down by the garden gate. So, uh, that's it in a nutshell. Uh, American presidents, uh, so very many of them have had uh, ancestral links to the island of Ireland. I mean, it's often forgotten that 17 of the presidents had links to what are called the Ulster Scots, that's to say the Unionist Protestant uh, majority in Northern Ireland. We hear far less of that because, of course, they became assimilated into what was called the, the, the WASP population, the white Anglo-Saxon, Protestant elite of the United States. And they include people like uh, the uh, Clinton, who was probably the star visitor to Ireland, and you back again, uh, former President Bill Clinton. The two Bushes, Uh, Woodrow Wilson, Andrew Jackson, you could go on. Now, they all can trace very direct lineage to different parts of uh, what are now the six counties of Northern Ireland.
1: John, let's talk about Joe Biden's visit uh, to start off with. He's here until Friday. Uh, It's a four day trip in total. And what are we expecting from him?
0: Well, he started with the hard bit. in in Northern Ireland yesterday. And uh, uh, he, I think, hopes, uh, but it's very much an outside chance and and a forlorn hope that he can in some way help to unlock the deadlock in Northern Ireland and, and power sharing. I think Joe Biden is seen very much as a Catholic nationalist US president. And I think the... Uh, Ulster Unionists generally have at best a suspicion of him and at worst a deep antipathy towards him. So I wouldn't be holding my breath on Joe Biden working the magic in Northern Ireland, uh, though I think it will be a courteous welcome for him. After that, the joy kicks in. He's down south. He's in Louth. He's addressing the joint houses of the Arachthus on Friday. All, are sorry, on Thursday. All, all was a great occasion and a great pomp and ceremony. I think he'll uh, he'll knock that one out of the park. Grand finale on Friday. He's over uh, b- being love bombed by by the relatives, by the long lost relatives, the Bluets et al in Ballina and the Grand Old River Moy and all the rest of that. So I think this one is largely about uh, Biden's personal and emotional and familial links to Ireland and uh, celebrating those.
1: And the thing, John, with uh, this particular visit, We get very excited, but it's very obvious to those of us living in the capital that there is something going on, because even while Joe Biden was in Belfast yesterday, Dublin's city centre had effectively closed down in certain parts. There is such a strong Garda presence on the streets. It's a big deal. But who's paying for all of this?
0: Well, the taxpayer has to pay for it. And uh, I think we better just suck that one up. Because uh, it's quite simple. Uh, just imagine if something happened on our watch in our in our jurisdiction in our territory, it would be an international catastrophe. And I think the uh, the president of the USA is a target for, by by people aggrieved peoples in so many places. And uh, you know, he the, the the man just lives in in uh, under permanent threat, and that has to be managed. It's unpleasant. It brings tensions. Sometimes I think the the Gardaí on these occasions are being wound by the U.S. Secret Service. Those those funny fellows who seem to get all their suits from the same tailor and talk into their sleeves incessantly. I think is a kind of a competitive paranoia between the various agencies. Sometimes. But equally, when you when you add it all up and look at it, uh, Joe Biden is something of a wartime president. He is the nearest thing to uh, USA being at war, NATO uh, and uh, Russia fighting a proxy war in Ukraine. I think the least we should do really is send him back in as good a condition as he landed in. I think that's that's pretty it's pretty it's as simple as that, you know.
1: John, let's talk about some of the other standout trips that we can recall over the years. I could mention Trump's visit in 2019. Will we start with that and work our way back?
0: Well, Trump's visit, I think, shows, you know, how, how far we have come. I mean, the first of these, we begin in June 1963 with JFK. And away goes the motorcade over O'Connell's Bridge. And did you notice how the strained and determined... Look, that so often on the face of President Kennedy seems to have eased to that broad Kennedy smile as he so generously acknowledged. The most recent, as you say, June 2019. uh, Trump, many people widely disliked, even uh, almost as widely reviled, disapproved of, a difficult and unpleasant man for very many people. Uh, the only exception, I suppose, were the people of West Clare. Uh, he has a big investment in Doonbeg. There are 300 jobs. I think uh, the people of West Clare showed common sense and courtesy in their reception of of the Donald, but he's a difficult man to manage. And I think there was a colossal official sigh of relief when he left. Maybe I'll be leaving from Doonbeg. I'm staying here overnight.
1: And I thought uh, this would be the best place. I'd love to come to Ireland and stay at Doonbeck. And, and so from uh, Donald, we'll jump right back to Richard Nixon's visit in 1970. But
0: I have never had the opportunity of, of driving through the Irish countryside, of going back to where they say my great, 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 great grandparents came from. Now, I know for sure, however, that in Mrs. Nixon's case, the proof is much clearer. As a matter of fact, I can't find anybody in Ireland who will claim me. I was a schoolboy, but he came through and went, drove up our road where I was living, and I have very, very, very vivid memories of it and the only other place where i can find such vivid memories are uh, the people of kildare where where i lived nixon's visit was a strange one but it was successful it was somewhat low key it was october 1970 he had been barely uh, elected in november 1968 took office in january 1969 so he was a he was a new president his visit was slightly Sideways into the into Irish culture, he was renewing contacts with the Quaker community in North Kildare, uh, in Timahoe near near, near Clane, and in fact his wife, who's Patricia uh, née Ryan, had stronger links. Her grandfather was uh, Patrick Sarsfield Ryan from Ballinrobe in Mayo. Uh, Nixon's visit is dubbed. The forgotten one. It's the one I m- remember most vividly, uh, because it's the closest I ever got up close and personal to a U.S. president. Despite covering subsequent visits, you see a blur in the distance. On, on a good day, you see as much on, on a TV screen as as anything else. Um, <clears throat> the thing about Nixon is that. Uh, he wasn't the popular, charismatic. In fact, he was considered to be a, a sour enough kind of an individual, very uh, combative and querulous. But he did turn on the charm in Ireland. He did go around in an open top car, despite the fact that the last fellow who visited uh, uh, was murdered going around in an open top car. People threw eggs at him. His effigy was burnt. It was difficult. Ireland had changed very dramatically because the uh, Vietnam War, there were some vehemently against it in Ireland. Northern Ireland had just kicked off and that had influence here in the south, uh, the events of 68 and 69. And by by 1970, the, the the killing really had begun. So that changed the atmosphere dramatically here but it was a successful visit uh, and it it went off without too many glitches
1: that's the thing john these visits can be terribly divisive you know you're either showing full on support or you're there to kind of shake a fist At a passing car because of something political that's going on. To
0: some degree, and you see the influence of the 60s, you know, between the age of innocence, which I'm sure we'll come to in a minute, of JFK in 1963 by by the autumn of 1970. Ireland was already changing, though there were still vestiges of uh, innocence. I mean, I remember You know all the hullabaloo when he came because he came down our road. I remember they were cleaning it for about a fortnight before. I I don't think the road has ever before or since uh, got such a brushing and and weed killer being lashed everywhere. And of course they were welding the manholes and there was the whole, the whole carry-on and helicopters shooting in and out in 1970. If you saw a helicopter coming and flying over, you'd You'd uh, have a crick in your neck looking up at it and you'd be talking about it for the rest of the day. There were dozens of helicopters in October 1970. That kind of thing. Uh, But it is, I do acknowledge, uh, a stress for the host and the organisers. They want the thing to try and go off without a major ugly incident. Uh, Richard Nixon was a great man for dodging eggs that were being thrown at him. Either that are the guys throwing the eggs at him, which I think was probably more likely. The fellas throwing the eggs at him weren't really very good at it.
1: And of course, it would be like a, a, two years from that date that the Watergate scandal would would break.
0: Yeah. And the thing about Nixon was he stayed uh, in County Limerick, a beautiful place called Kilfrush House. He was hosted by an Irish-American businessman, a very interesting guy, John A. Mulcahy. The place was called Kilfrush. It's right on the border uh, in the foothills of Galty Mountains on the border, uh, the Limerick-Cork-Tipperary uh, border. And uh, while he was there, he was visited by Henry Kissinger. And it turned out Kissinger was engaged in secret talks in Paris. And that's what was discussed. Uh, Jack Lynch uh, squired, was then the Taoiseach, he squired Richard Nixon about. But I don't believe they ever talked much politics. The real politics that Nixon was doing was done in County Limerick with Kissinger, who was reporting back on secret uh, Vietnamese war talks in Paris? That subsequently led to uh, the U.S. disengagement in 1973. I think part of the reason that Nixon's uh, visit is forgotten is that he left in disgrace, in rather uh, in rather a hurry, in 1974. The only U.S. president obliged uh, to resign under pressure all of that Watergate affair the bugging the break-in the whole, the whole caboodle it just it just Melodian down on top of him and he had to go
1: Let's talk about two really rock star presidential visits JFK and then Barack Obama Yeah
0: 1963 entered JFK mm-hmm. The, the Prince of Camelot the court and the mythology the glamour he and uh, his his young wife uh Jackie uh, Kennedy and uh, they, they were the glamour the golden couple and it was an age of innocence in Ireland because uh, he he built it as a homecoming uh, his uh, his ancestors having left um uh, County Wexford, and on his mother's side, County Limerick. He was celebrated everywhere he went, and he soaked it up. He oozed charisma and uh, uh, glamour, and uh, they were a huge hit, and it was genuine.
1: The charisma, the kind of film star personality, we were in love with JFK, um, and then... I, I I think it's fair, John, to say that Barack Obama had an amazing reception when he came over here. I mean, you know, God love him. He gets a, a petrol station <laughs> named after him. Yes. But yeah. he did put money goal on the map he for did. most of yeah. us.
0: He did, and he played very well in, in an era of, you know, I mean, contrast, uh, John F. Kennedy was 1963, Barack Obama was 2011, a vastly different world, a hugely different Ireland, a world full of conflict and difficulty, American involvement in in so many places up for grabs and and controversy, yet Barack Obama, who was America's first black president, and... uh, uh, one would have argued maybe tenuous enough links to the old sod but he managed to play it and he pushed all the right buttons and he was huge and his uh, his federling Ling Yes We Can speech uh, in College Green with about 60,000 people Remember that whatever hardships the winter may bring springtime's always just around the corner and if they keep on arguing with you just respond with a simple creed, is faded Yes, we can. What was a sight to behold and something that, to be honest, I didn't think we'd see in the modern era, this sort of rock star, charismatic president who could communicate and put it across to a vast live crowd and you still see the odd car going around with a sticker on the back they're looking a bit shook all, all, all of them now which have, with, with the isfaderling sticker on the back he came by the way at a time of uh, we were probably uh, at our lowest ebb in recent times suffering from the crash uh, of the, the bank uh, and, and housing slump all of that in the, in the previous years 2008, 2011 uh, we had Ender Kenny leading the government, and we, we had record unemployment. We had a return to immigration. We, we had a, a lot of despondency, and the uh, morale boost and tonic that flowed from that visit was considerable. But he, he packed it in. He wowed him in Moneygall. He um, will remember his cousin, Henry VIII. That's they figured right. out he was his eighth cousin. Yeah, uh, he had the mandatory pint in in the bar in uh, in Moneygall, and um, he he packed an awful lot in, short and all as it was, and uh, and uh, made made huge impact.
1: He certainly did. Now you mentioned Nixon getting eggs thrown at him. His wasn't the only. Um, unpopular presidential visit? I mean, there were uh, quite a few protests around uh, George W. Bush's visit, for example.
0: Yeah, George W. Bush, he only came for a day and uh, it was pretty chaotic. There were lots and lots of of anti-Bush protests uh, related to the Iraq war. Uh, trade unionists, uh, left-leaning politicians, Um, let's block Bush rallies, and that threw up horrific security. We're going to warrant here for the arrest of George Walker Bush. We're asking you to step aside. This small group tried to to get to Dromoland Castle, but was blocked by a strong of presence. The marchers then made their way to Shannon Airport. Here, the government was strongly condemned for allowing 170,000 US troops through Shannon on their way to Iraq over the past 18 months. But uh, yes, there was a lot of anti-Bush sentiment arising mainly from the Iraq war. There was quite a row involving RTE journalist Carl Coleman who tried to ask him hard questions. She was lined up for a pre-visit interview Uh, It was assumed custom and practice. One does not Hector and overly unduly ask hard questions of the American president in office. So there was a row within a row about that. But uh, I suppose another example of how things have changed uh, by by then, uh, from from 1963 to 2004, you know, how things had changed in 40 years.
1: Bill Clinton, as president, visited Ireland a couple of times. You know, we know he was involved in the Good Friday Agreement and had his own fair share of controversies back in the States, John. But what was the reception like for him?
0: Well, he's, his was glittering. He was, by the way, the first uh, US president. Uh, to go north, and and he did have an appeal. I feel like a real dub today. Is that what I'm supposed to say? I could not say it better than your Nobel Prize-winning poet, Seamus Heaney, has said. We are living in a moment where hope and history rhyme. In Dublin, if there is peace in Northern Ireland, it is your victory too. It was the first time he did was December nineteen ninety five. It was a rock star type presentation, and uh, I think uh, you know there were there were well, there was a paramilitary ceasefire, uh, and I, I think you know it was an era of, of hope that you know peace that that uh, more lasting peace was about to develop. He heavily involved himself from then on, and it does show, uh, Siobhan, the benefits. Of uh, a visit such as this, and one-on-one involvement with people, because he got stuck in after that in the uh, in in the. Peace uh, negotiations, intensive peace negotiations in the spring of 1998, where we're now marking 20, the 25th anniversary. Somebody remarked recently, you know, that that President Clinton was not present in Stormont when the castle, when these negotiations were going on, but he might as well have been because he was stuck on the phone morning, noon, and night, ringing people, cajoling, uh, putting pressure on people, mainly. Sinn fein and the nationalist side but also holding out the, the prospect of, of of a big us investment he had sent one of one of the most heavy hitting people to ever engage in a, a us person to ever engage in irish uh, affairs uh, george mitchell who did did a stellar job uh, negotiating uh chairing the negotiations and bringing them to to a a landmark conclusion
1: so it's wednesday john and we have joe biden here with us until friday any idea as to you know what's going to go viral from his trip
0: here the thing about Joe Biden is his teetotal, as he pointed out to the Pope last year. He's one of the few Irish who doesn't who doesn't like a little drop bean. So I think we're less likely to see him with, with a, a Pionta more in, in his in his fish. Uh, I think certainly he will he he will go to all of the things that that interest him. And of course, his Catholicism is going to come through because he's going to knock. So I think that's not a that that is. Joe Biden, and that—that that is his sincere belief, his his ethnic Irish, French Canadian, Catholic background, stalwart coming through, a bit problematic maybe for some of the uh, Northern Unionists. I don't think Knock is a high a destination high on their list,
1: and almost harks back to the JFK visit in terms of that's sounding quite wholesome, John.
0: Absolutely, and JFK to this day in in an oratory in the side of, of uh, Galway Cathedral there's a little mosaic of JFK at prayer I wondered had I somehow dreamt that until recently I went back to have a look at the cathedral and sure enough JFK is, is uh, recalled in, in the Catholic Cathedral in Galway City
1: and my thanks to Irish Independent political correspondent, John Downing for joining me today. I'm Siobhan McGuire and today's episode was produced by myself, researched by Tabitha Monahan, with sound by John Smith. Archive clips from RTE, C-SPAN, MSNBC, Presidential Archives at the White House, Channel 4 and independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo-Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. It's been dubbed the gangland trial of the century. And with a verdict imminent in the trial of Jerry the Monk Hutch, the Indo-Daily brings you a new three-part special on the Regency shootings. Jerry Hutch, he said, I'm not going to be whore when I grow up. I'm going to rob my way out of the ghetto. As they walked past us then, when them let off a shot, people
0: running out, screaming, children hiding behind walls, it was just absolute chaos.
1: Featuring Paul Williams, Robin Schiller and Fionnane Sheehan, you can listen wherever you get your podcasts.